0: Every Saturday morning, I have the amazing opportunity to go and see my children play soccer. On the sideline, as the children play, we have a great opportunity to meet other parents. Among those wonderful parents that I've met, there was a young man who was always encouraging the team, yelling out and, you know, really prompting them to do their very best. And uh, we started talking, we started chatting, And I asked him if he has a podcast. Surprisingly, he did. (laughs) And I said to him, would you like to come to my podcast as well? And he answered. And here we are today at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am privileged to have Tim Wood. Welcome, Tim.
1: Yes, so good to be here. I mean, how often does
0: it happen that you meet somebody who's got a podcast?
1: I know, right? You bet me to it. I thought... I thought you were saying that you had a podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I have a podcast!" And then, I, like, yeah, we just gelled. Yeah. I actually, I think, I told you that I have a podcast, yeah, yeah. but then you said I do, and then I realized, okay, he's got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, everyone's going crazy on the sidelines. Yeah, you know, it's a bit windy. Yeah, it's, good. it's all good. It's good. So, what's this podcast, right? Let's
0: let's let's give it a peach from the first minute.
1: Oh dear. Okay. Yes. So um, I set up a podcast when was it, only a couple of months ago, just to basically explore um, strategies on how to survive school. Uh, I came to this realization that i had been in school for 25 years. Like I never... You never was, left school. I never left school. I sort of, I, you know, I did my schooling and then I went in to do my bachelor's degree uh, in ministry and then I... Went can, back to school. Went back to school and then... I now work at a school as a chaplain, but then I'm also studying a master's degree um, at a university in Melbourne called Deakin, and um, I've, I've never left school, and then as I've just been working with different people in the education sort of sector, I realized that there's a lot of people that may not be surviving as well as they could be. So who's it for? Is it for students, for teachers, for chaplains? I think the goal is that it's, it is specifically for an adult population, not necessarily students. Yeah. Um, and it's designed just to help people with, I guess, general life skills. So I've done some things on uh, communication. I've done yeah. some things on, um, just friendships and building friendships and I guess we're not moving as much anymore yeah. uh, At this in this day and age, but definitely uh, we when the borders open up and when you yeah. can travel a bit more and move, um, yeah, I'm sure that there's necessity. So how many episodes have you done so far? I think I'm sitting on five episodes. Oh, well so done. Very fresh. So monthly, bi-weekly? The goal was to do it weekly. But and you didn't realize how difficult. No, was. it's 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 hard. I I don't have the stamina like uh, yourself. You know, I I'm I'm still learning this game. We didn't know what we signed up for. But you know, we right. thought, oh, three podcasts a week, a fluke. Yeah, man, it's like <laughs> yeah, iceberg. You know, yeah. oh, absolute kudos to you because it's it's it is hard and it. It's work. It's discipline. Yeah, it's work, and you've got to.
0: Whether you you like it or you don't like it, you gotta have the grit to just get up and do it when that alarm pops up, and you gotta call the people and interview them. And uh, it's sometimes very difficult to interview to find the right people, and um, it's because either initially they didn't know what I was doing at Kingdom Stories, so I didn't have enough backing. You know, mm. they didn't. Now, now it's easier because there's mm. enough epi- episodes there. Then they thought, well, why should I give my story away? Why should I become vulnerable, you know? Mm. What do I lose here? Mm. What's in it for me? Well, not much. What do I lose here? You know, then they count the loss. But uh, those who have come on board um, have blessed many people, and they've also benefited because Mm. when they share their story, there's something that is released out there, and it's Mm. also it empowers them in their journey as well. And, I mean, we are... You know, out, outside this, the ripple effect is massive because it yep. does bless many people.
1: Absolutely, I can testify to that. I've had a good listen to yeah. some of the podcasts, and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, getting to hear stories from you know down under—it's been yeah, great. For
0: people, yeah, and because of COVID, we're all here. Yeah, so we have uh, enough people um, to interview. And I just thought, you know, the beauty with Kingdom Stories is that it's not just pastors or leaders. There are very common people who do Mm. amazing works Mm. and whose stories are just remarkable. Everybody's story is beautiful. Yeah. So somebody has to go out there and dig it out. Yeah. And that's what we're doing tonight. I've listened to that podcast on communication. Fantastic. Well done. Well done. Very structured. You went to the point and practical examples, which are always, always beautiful, because you will always remember the examples, and the examples will take you to the concept. And then that takes traction in your life, which is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. And you have a beautiful wife who
1: supports you uh, I do. which is just amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's good. Kelsey, this November, married for ten years. Ah, well so, uh, we we're, we're twenty, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we oh I had grand plans for a, a big sort of celebration for tenth year anniversary, travel the world, do something. Yeah. Uh, we might be uh camping. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> up there's, there's, some up, <laughs>
0: there's some beautiful, luxurious clam being up there. Absolutely. So you can't yourselves. Yeah. Wonderful. When is it?
1: Uh, that is
0: November 19th. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yep. It's still cool enough. It is. You know? It is.
1: It is. It, it's a great time of year. So. so did you grow up in Perth or in Melbourne? I grew up in Melbourne, yeah. So grew up actually country Victoria and then moved to Melbourne when my parents remarried. And so where were you born? I was born in Leangatha. and, Gatha. and Gatha. Yeah. I'm sure I would have passed through it. So, yeah, it's a little speck on the map. But... Uh, on, on the way to where? Oh. What road? Ah, uh, don't really know which road there's... Uh, you've got the Princess Freeway. Uh, so it is
0: east of Melbourne, isn't it?
1: Yeah, southeast. It's basically the bottom of Australia. Peninsula. Yeah, before you get to the yeah, before the you island uh, <laughs> before you turn <laughs> on to Tasmania. Yeah. yeah,
0: they haven't got a bridge there yet, have they? Yeah, no, we
1: haven't got a bridge or a tunnel or anything
0: as of yet. So, uh, your parents split up when you were young. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you remember anything?
1: So when uh, oh, when was it? Probably when I was around 13, 14, I sort of. Discovered a bit more of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so parents split up when I was basically born. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was... Do you have older siblings? I do. I have an older brother. So he's four years older. Mm-hmm. and um,
0: So he would have been affected a lot more than you were.
1: Yeah, that's right. He he was very connected with dad. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, mum and dad... Got divorced and then we would visit him fortnightly, but he was on the other side of the state, so it was always south Wales. always long travel. Oh, he, he was, was in Yucha, so we oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, we were the south, he was the north of the state, yeah. so we would just uh, do a lot of commuting um, when we were younger. So who would take you there? It was a half halfway fifty fifty split, oh, so okay. both ways. We would um we would there was a drop off location and then we pick would, up. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah um, so. No, it was. Look, we learnt to enjoy the car trips and yeah. uh, had a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the most glamorous time of life. I mean, particularly when you're sharing your weekends. And as you grew up, you wanted to be more social, and you would have friends and parties and different things that you want to go to. And um, you know, you were either going to dad's house or you had to do something mm-hmm. um, family related. So that was. Yeah, that was a challenge.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, did your
1: mum remarry? Yes. So both mum and dad remarried in the same year, in mm-hmm. 2000. Uh, I was 10 years old. So you can start to figure out the, uh, the timeline. And my brother was 14. And when mum remarried, he remarried a, a very solid um, Christian man. And uh, he... Create a lot more structure for us as a family. Yeah, uh, being um, having grown up for ten years with a single mum basically and a brother, we sort of ruled the roost a bit. Yeah, and uh, so it was it was a bit odd and took a lot of adjusting. Yes, for, for another male figure in the house. Sure, I took much better. Um, my older brother was he was um, he was in his teens, so you know he was going through big changes himself.
0: Yeah. Very testing times. Yeah. Was your mom a believer before as well? Yes. And your dad, your
1: dad Dad was not. No, so he um, he remarried a Christian lady. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had um, a Pentecostal background. Yeah. My mum had a Christian Reformed background. Yes. Um, but then she was going to a uniting church, mm-hmm. and most of my friends are at the Anglican church. <laughs> so I uh, grew up really confused yeah. uh, where, where I fit in the whole scheme of theology in the church because yeah. every service I went to was different. Of course. Um, so, yeah.
0: And when your dad came in, uh, the new father, your, uh, where did you go still at the uniting church?
1: Yeah, so when Mum and Steve is my stepdad, when he, they remarried, we moved to the outer eastern suburbs of well, you Melbourne. Came to Melbourne. So, yeah, yeah, we moved from Leangatha up to a place called Mount Evelyn. It's basically okay. the end of the train line. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we then went to a Christian reform Church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where he was. How did throughout. your mum and dad meet, your stepdad? Well, they met at a singles convention, uh-huh. a Christian singles convention, which was kind of like the meat market, yeah. you know, where, um, you know, you went there for, um, you know, to grow in your faith and things like that. Yes. And a dating meet a, ground. Meet, meet a spouse. Do they still run those? Or it's uh, all done online question, now? I don't think they do. <laughs> it's I <don't>, probably on, <laughs> Yeah, done I online. it's online, yeah. It's a thing of the past. But from what I understand, it was always quite good. <laughs> good <laughs> It was successful for my parents. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Great, and moving to town was nice for you. Did you enjoy being near Melbourne? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously. the area is really nice up there in the hills, mountains. Yeah. And in mountains.
1: Yep, yep. Um, did love it. Absolutely loved it. It was, it was, kind of sad leaving friends. I had a quite a strong friendship base in gatha You were quite social um, as well. Quite social. I moved to, to Mount Evelyn, and it was just a bit of a change, but. Still, you know, fit in, started playing basketball, started connect with, you know, people there. Nice. So, yeah.
0: Were you coming into Melbourne a lot? Footy or in uh, sports or
1: just coming to the city? Well, good question. We didn't we didn't travel a whole heap uh, in Melbourne, uh, into Melbourne, until I I basically... So, I'm a drummer. Uh-huh. So, I I... I had about eight years of drum lessons, then started a three piece rock band with wow. um, two other friends from our church. And um, are your kids drummers? No, thankfully. <laughs> do you want to train Isaac? He loves uh, drums. He's crazy about oh, drums. Oh, the boys! The boys do love drums. We got a we got a little cajon uh, yeah. at home, and all three of them want to take turns. So whenever we have family worship time, yeah, the boys are drumming away, which is which is always a, which is always good. But that the, the Full rock five piece drum kit, yeah, it's a bit wild, yeah. (laughs) Nice, we're living in a unit, so it's uh, the neighbors wouldn't love us.
0: No, no, Uh, Um, you can get electric drums these days, but still, that's true, that's true. true. (laughs) (laughs) So, music, um,
1: church music or more school music, band music? Uh, we we played primarily originals, so we it was. We were young, and yeah. uh, the lead singer had, you know, a lot of girl troubles. <laughs> so, often the, the songs took the shape of um, a breakup or something like that. Um, until then, I, I had a chance to inform some of the songwriting, and it sort of started to move towards more of a um, spiritual, sort of faith-based yeah. songs. Um, But the band was inspired by Green Day and The Living End and a lot of those kind of sort of heavier rock sort of bands. And um, so it was interesting trying to marry the two together. (laughs) (laughs) We did a few gigs in Melbourne and we, you know, we we played at a few different places and, um, yeah, we're we're at it for probably three years. And then uh, I think I got married and had a child on the way. The bass player wasn't always into it and so yeah. the lead singer was just left to uh you know, to his own devices. So we sort of split up and oh went our own did, ways. What yeah. school did you go to? What high school? I was at um Mount Christian School, which is both primary and high Secondary. school, but it's yeah. a it's a smaller school. So when I started, there would have been 300 students mm-hmm. across Both. The, whole, uh, the whole lower and upper school. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we finished, there probably would have been 600. So oh, yeah, it did, did grow quite a bit over the time we were there. Great school in the sense of discipline and not much
0: uh, bullying, drugs.
1: It was a good Smugging. school. I think I was probably the biggest problem. In <laughs> so I wasn't that bad, but I did. I did find. I did find the uh,
0: restrictions
1: I did, challenging. I did find the boundaries and step over them quite frequently uh, as a as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rebellious or just playful? Um, Childish. Oh, probably a little bit of both. I did go through a bit of a rebellious. I think it all started off playful and Mm -hmm. I wasn't a malicious kind of person in terms of bullying or violence or anything like that. But I did, um, try and sort of enter into the party scene. Yeah. And, um, I tried to, yeah, I guess connect with the, you know, smoking behind the oval and, um, the drinking culture and things like that. Yeah. So it was, I think it was primarily a fantastic school There was a small minority, but I did find it. And, um, Sort of hung out in there for a little bit, um, whilst I was trying to figure out who I was and uh, what life was about. So yeah, when did you have a true encounter with God? I'd say during that, high school. Yeah, that was about year ten. So at the time, I was dating. I was dating sort of dating two girls at once, and it happens. Uh, <laughs> And I was just, life was messy and I I mean, I was a hurting, a hurting boy looking for love and I think I got quite sick with glandular fever, sort Mm. of nicknamed as the kissing disease and that was, um, I was three weeks bedridden where, you know, my throat had swollen up, I had to like drink all my food and things like that and... Um, at that point, um, you know, as I was reflecting and thinking, I, I do really feel like God informed my thoughts and spoke to me and said, uh, is this where you want to end up? Do you, yeah. do you want to keep going on um, in this life of um, partying and, I guess, shallow living and things like that? And, um, you know, I, I had this image of teenage pregnancy and all these sort of things that I was just like, actually, no, I, I don't want that. I, I want something else. And I think at that point in time, there was also the local church um, where I'd sort of strayed from the church at that point and the local church and particularly the youth pastor started to connect up with me a bit and sort of say, you know, like, how can we help you? You're obviously unwell. A lot of my party friends, they were not um, around. They, they They only cared for me when I was fun. Yeah. But the church actually rallied around me when I was, yeah, quite down and in, at my lowest. Yeah, and I think that's really when that's God started to started to yeah make changes in my heart. Was, was it a, uh, a an encounter, or was there a
0: step by step or a process kind of thing? Yeah, I would. Or? I would
1: say I would say there was multiple encounters. Yeah. Um, where there was particular moments um in very random circumstances yes. where um it informed my faith but I'd say it was a process in the sense that there was no one major thing that was like a nighttime, daytime contrast. Yeah um there was there was many conversations, particularly with my now wife who was just a concerned bystander at the time she started to you know explain the bible and the gospel to me in ways that i probably wasn't ready to hear yet she was in the youth or she was the pastor's uh daughter the the youth pastor's daughter yes wow yeah so she she started ex- talking about you know like morals and ethics and things like that and and you had no such compass I had ears to hear from a woman but not from not from, not from a dad. man not from the, not from any males or dad or, or anyone yeah. else and, and I think that was partly how God used uh, who God used to shape me and my faith um, her dad was very pivotal as well in my journey of discipleship mm-hmm. I can remember um, he's he was they came from ywam so they were a missionary family yeah. Great. So they were they were eleven years in Holland, mm-hmm. um, and he was Australians or from England. They are Australian, so they left when Kelsey was four, moved to Ho- uh, Holland. Yeah. Um, her dad and mum did a DTS in Holland, and then from there, they came back, and he took a role in the church that my parents were going to. Yeah. And, she was a good missionary girl that i didn't think much of yeah and he was a and i was yeah just a, a rat bag that was just looking for mischief and uh we both didn't like each other because i she wouldn't give me what i wanted and i wouldn't give her what she wanted yeah how old were you we so when 18. she came she was six we're both 16 so yeah we're both year 10 and she sort of saw me in my at my worst yeah And then, yeah, after the sickness and the when I was seventeen, year eleven, that was where a lot of the key discipleship happened. Where I was, um, we we went to a conference called Soul Survivor. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was quite informative. There was a number of times where we would have some ministry times, and you know there was prophecies spoken over me about you know leadership and about. Um, ministry and at the time that was kind of quite freaky and sort of like n- untouchable no. Never. no that's not me because yeah. it, you know i'm um, you know i'm not that kind of person you got it wrong mate you're not yeah. a prophet correct <laughs> correct and, and i thought oh and i guess over that year i could see myself changing and going hey maybe there is something there but it was never pastoral ministry that was the guy yeah. on stage i was always the the person in the back row, you know, like, yeah. um, i would never spoken to the pastor before, kind of thing, and and so then, um, years down the track, to see that those seeds that were sown and the prophecy that was made was, It real? was real. Yeah, it was. Did you get baptized? I was baptized as an infant, so yeah. so the, the denomination that we were a part of was infant baptism. Okay. And so that was done and dusted. Done and dusted. One baptism. We don't get rebaptized. Okay. Um, that kind of thing. And so that's actually been a unique journey in and of itself. Yeah. The whole baptism thing because our firstborn, Judah, is baptized, and then our other two are dedicated. Okay. And so that's interesting. So Judah's claim to fame. Uh, we've got Judah, Asher, and Zion. Yeah. Um, Judah's claim to fame is that the other boys aren't baptized and he is, and he's. The others are circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> He's superior, um, but no, we we joke about it a lot at home, um, and I my firm belief was um, to be submissive to the leadership of the church, the church that, that under. we were under, under. so um, that's are gonna be a, a tricky thing to navigate with our kids as we yeah as we move in. Hey, look, you're on the journey, and uh, God will not leave you in darkness in yeah. regards to that, and yeah. When did you fall in love with your wife? I would say when I was 17, I hadn't been a week without a girlfriend for the the past four years. Mm -hmm. And Kelsey was like, I don't believe you could go a whole year without a girlfriend. She said to you? Yeah, yeah, she said that. And she challenged me and I'm a very... You know, competitive. competitive person. Yeah. So I thought I'll, I'll, I'll prove you wrong. Bring it up. I'll go. I'll go a whole year. But it, I think that was my ploy to try and get to her, win her over. So after three weeks, she I was, was like, hard to get. All well, the others were easy to get. Totally. This was now a trophy I challenge know. for you. She was. She was something else. So that was that was the biggest challenge was trying to figure out. Okay, how do I how do I win this girl over? And after three weeks, she was not giving her heart away. Not to some schmuck. No. Uh, so she she was um, resolute, and uh, and I was sort of like clean for a year. Come on, and uh, she's like, not not happening. Like, and so yeah. After it was, she challenged me mid January. Yes. And it was the start of December. We started dating. Wow. So Good I lost on her. Good on her. But I won. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it was it was really special. Uh, it was the first time where we actually became friends with um, someone before I dated them, and I think that was pivotal to. It was good for you. Our our relationship it was it was healing, and um, even in our dating life, she was she had very firm boundaries. She was very much like, um, she she would not share everything emotionally with me. Yep. She would always share with her dad um, about a lot of the deep things. And yep. until I was trusted, ready and she knew that I was going to be her lifelong partner, she was, she was not going to let me in easy. And I think that was, that was really helpful, helpful for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it was quite godly too, in, in the sense that, um, she, she reserved the most intimate places of her heart for God and for, I guess, essentially for her father, which was, was passed on was passed On into in her future husband. And that was, yeah, that was special.
0: And you're grateful for that because everything was preserved for you in a sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Um, I think the level of respect for her skyrocketed for you. Absolutely. <laughs> and still still is up there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's beautiful. I think what a lesson, you know, for others as well who are just, you know, not serious enough about, you know, marriage and relationships and they think that there's no chance or,
1: you know, there is. Mm. You can make it right. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think that's also something that I spend a lot of time... Um, currently, I work as a chaplain um, at a high school and there's often young girls with their dating boy problems that come to me. And and I just always take them them to to remind them. I tell them the story of of Kelsey and I remind them that, um, don't, you're not cheap. That's right. So don't give yourself away cheaply. And I think it's really important for, um, young women, young girls to understand their value and not be pressured into, I guess that sort of, um, culture where they're just consumed as an object. Yeah, and, and Kelsey, yeah, she taught me a lot about that because I was the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, and her dad also believed in her and in you. You know, to to journey to put in the hard yaka. Absolutely, they, they must have seen something in you, or oh, God must have revealed something to them about you.
1: I would, I'd have to say so because I wasn't much to look at yeah. initially.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you had the courage to go and ask for her hand. Did you actually ask her dad? I did. Yeah. Her, yeah.
1: Yeah. There was three three weeks before I asked her. I spoke to him. Mm-hmm. And... Just you and him? Man to man? Yeah, man to man. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard other stories of it going really bad. So I was quite nervous. Of course. Um, but good nervous. But he he was almost the one encouraging me yeah. to go for it. Yeah. I think after spending so much time discipling me over... So you were about 19 now? I proposed to Kelsey when I was 20. Okay. Yeah. So we were dating uh, from basically 18. So 18, 19, 20. So for three years. Wonderful. And then we were engaged for a year. Married at 21. Wow.
0: Yeah. And you kept yourself clean during this time, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. God kept me clean, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it is. Yeah. Because
0: if somebody starts young, it's very difficult. Only God can help you, you know. The temptation mm. is... I mean, the temptation would have been always to go somewhere, yeah. you know. I mean, there were so many easy goals out there. Yeah. Um, And uh, it would be
1: effortless, really. Absolutely. I think... Um the first, so I I always talk about how um, when I stopped dating, I left Egypt. Yeah. Um, but Egypt hadn't left me. That's and so, right. <laughs> and so Egypt was sort of in in me, and when I um, asked you Kelsey, Kelsey craved, you craved you some of the food in Egypt. Oh, I was wanting the garlic and the <laughs> herbs. And I spoke to Kelsey. I said, Kelsey, um, will you date? Will you will you go out with me? Will you date me? And she said yes. And then I went to kiss her thinking, you know, that's what you do. And she put me it. in a headlock. Oh. Not till we're married. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I was like, this I like this woman. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know some people think, oh you know, wouldn't that turn them off? No, that was a huge this. incentive. Yeah. I, I thought this is someone with with values and principles and with balls. And and I'm not ashamed to admit that I think the first three years of our dating relationship she led me yeah she was the leader she was the one who was setting the boundaries setting this setting the pace Um, she was the one encouraging me pushing me supporting me and um and you allowed the process which is just amazing and then yeah and, and then i guess as i grew um then i started taking the lead and then she grew and then i grew and 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 i think That's been huge in our... And she held you in that leadership because you had her backing always. That's where you could stand. Yeah. Before you wouldn't have
0: been able to stand, even if you wanted to. Yeah. Those values were not there, so they had to be, you know, mined out of you in a sense. They were probably deposited in there, but nobody allowed them to flourish in you. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. She must have seen something. She must have had, you know, to have that patience. She must have
1: believed in God a lot. (laughs) <laughs> Most definitely, because she, she, um, she did not like me to begin with. Yeah. Um. And, and actually, the, the beginning of the process was that my brother's girlfriend at the time was mentoring Kelsey, and my brother and I were very close. And, my brother's girlfriend said to Kelsey, "Please pray for him." Yeah. Keep praying for him because um, he needs prayer and he needs God. And, and I sort of think that I thank her because it sort of <laughs> tenderized her heart a little bit towards maybe what God has for me.
0: Nice. And then after you spoke to her dad, he went um, and asked her three weeks later? Yep. And did she say yes?
1: She did. First off? It was... Uh, yeah, it was... Hey, look... It was. I'll admit, it was not the most glamorous proposal. It it had potential to be glamorous. Yeah. We're on the Yarra River. We're in a little secluded, little bushwalk area, and I and we set up a little picnic, and I had a little up your se- way of further dope, down uh, up our way, so it was not so wide, gross yeah. and brown, but yeah. it was a bit more nice Greener. and clean water. Yeah. And yeah, and. Everything was ready, set, and then it starts raining uh. as, as Melbourne does, and it was wet and there was puddles and we sort of with their up and it's like I can't. The only thing on my mind was I got to ask. It. I've got to ask it, but it's wet. raining, yeah, and I can't do it now because we're stressing out and we're cleaning everything up. So we run back to the car. We're all wet and then we're sitting in the car and like the windows all fogged up in the car because of all the wetness and probably because I was sweating so much to actually (laughs) ask the question. And I just said to Kels, look, it's come to a point in our relationship where we either break up or we get married. So what do you think? I gave her the ultimatum and, uh, I think it was, I was just so nervous that I just didn't think too much about the, uh, the how. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about the what and not the how. And, um, She said yes. She snuggled into my shoulder and we then went to a local shopping center to buy the ring because I knew that she had a particular taste. Yeah. And so we went there and had a great night and shared with our families and celebrated. So, Wow. Beautiful. You know, I actually asked my wife
0: to marry me up at Olinda. Oh. Just down the road. Really? Yeah. And just as she said yes, it started raining and we had a picnic. At a linda golf course oh wow and uh yeah just as she said yes it started raining so we had to pack up everything run in the car and drive home <laughs> but it, oh, i just got in there in, time, yeah, yeah. in there. and well done well done i was not quick enough so we must have been just a few miles away <laughs> yeah that
1: wow amazing yeah yeah
0: and then you went to you need to study ministry
1: or what, yeah. what was your first degree Yep, so uh, Bachelor of Ministry. So, um, finished high school, took yep. a gap year, went to YM, did a DTS. Oh, so great. we went to Germany and we we're in Herrenhut, um, East Germany. Um, both of you? We both went. We did separate outreaches. As a husband and wife now or not yet? No, so Before that was that. that was when we were 19. Okay. Um, so, where were you? In Germany? We were in Herrenhut, in, okay. uh, just below Dresden. Nice. And we, yeah, so then we... Did the same lecture phase for three months and then we moved we did separate outreaches as it was recommended yes. um, by the base and things like that. So I went to Egypt and Kenya and she went to Thailand. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that was that was wonderful. We came back. Um, during the time in Egypt, I felt God share with me like I, I had a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fell asleep in the minibus f- on the way from Cairo to Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And, um... That's a six-hour journey. It was quite a trek, yeah. And I, I fell asleep because it's just desert. I know. And I've done the trip. <laughs> There's not much to see. Yeah. And, um, I had a... I just had a picture of me standing on a stage. Yeah. Um, teaching. And this was the strangest thing because I bombed my year 12 speech. <laughs> I was not a clear communicator. I had no idea how to speak in, in public. Yeah. And so... That was bizarre. And then I just had this phrase in my head that, that was like, Tim, go back and set Mount Evelyn on fire. And that was set the, set, set Mount Evelyn on fire. Mount like, Evelyn. Okay. Like spiritually, metaphorically yeah. Yeah, speaking. Yeah. I mean it's it is like bushland up there, but you don't want to set it on fire. No. Um so then went back and did an internship with the church um in Mount Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um and then I This is a Uniting Church? Reformed uh, Reform Church. So, Manvelin Reform Church, Christian Reform Church, Dutch background. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, very European. Um, are your uh, is your wife Dutch? But yes. yep. Yeah. So, I've got half, uh, half my my mum's side is all Dutch. Mm-hmm. My dad's side is English, and Kelsey's family's Dutch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, did an internship, uh, part time, and studied part time. Yes. Uh, at Melbourne School of Theology. Great. And did a bachelor ministry there. It was a six year
0: And that's Presbyterian, is
1: it? That is uh, it is non-denominational, but yeah. there's I mean there's different the one lecturer was he yes, came from an Anglican background. There was mm-hmm. there was this quite it's a good eclectic mix of yeah. people, yeah. Great. Right. So then from there, um, continued working at the church Uh, The joke is that I first took um, my father-in-law's daughter. And then the church. Then I took his job because I became the youth pastor um, in his steed. um, And he trained me up because I was doing an internship under him. Yes. And he felt my job's done. So he went to um, take a position in another church and then... um, yeah, I took his grandchildren because I moved to Perth. over to Perth. So the kids were born there. The so, two of the boys. So Judah was born in Melbourne. That's um, why you baptized him. Yeah, and then the other two here. Okay. So, yeah. So why you moved to Perth? So one when I graduated from uh, the the Bachelor of Ministry, I uh, was speaking with a pastor here in Perth, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Why don't you come?" You know work with me and you know join this this little um this little church plant at the time when we met it was the church plant was i think a year old or two years old in mainland um so it was in west perth at the time yeah and then it moved to leaderville when whilst i was working oh this is sun life church. yes okay yep. the vietnamese guy uh, yeah he came out of
0: uh, out of faith, Greedy's yeah. church. Isn't he?
1: he, FCC, he yeah. spent some time there. I think he, his background is from the Vecca church, so the Vietnamese evangelical.
0: Okay, wonderful.
1: Um, but faith
0: I mean, uh, yeah. helped them plant that church. That's right. It? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It was a beautiful uh, inner city sort of uh, church yeah. that catered for people in apartments, living near the city, didn't it? Yeah some people walking there. It was a great yeah. point.
1: Yeah, there was definitely people living sort of in North Perth or uh, Northbridge, mm-hmm. sort of in that close proximity. And I think then it began to reach people. There was people from Mandurah and Joondalup and different people coming. Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah, that sort of city-centered model. And then we grew out of the building. Uh, at the time, I was uh, running the... Youth. Kids and youth and the kids ministry. There was two small rooms for the kids ministry and it just, I mean, yeah, it was packed in there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, kids ministry looked like watching a video because if someone moved, uh, there would be, um, you know, someone would be trampled or something like that. <laughs> anyway, so... It was that dense. It was dense. The population density was very good in the kids ministry we moved to the new building and it was amazing, yeah. At Cleaver Street in Westford. Yeah. No, that was moved from Cleaver Street to Leaderville. Okay. Oxford Street. Okay. Um, so that's right near Aramore Catholic College and Oh a bit up the road. The building is yes. So you're there now still? That's yeah, that's where Sun Life is. Yeah. Wonderful. So yeah. And you're still ministering there? No, you're a no, church. Yeah. So we at the end of last year we made the decision to, um, step back from ministry. Yeah. Um. Just take a time of reflection, and I then took on a. I was doing a part time role in chaplaincy, and then took a full time role, uh, in chaplaincy, and just spent just to spend some time with kids, reflect, and I guess just figure out next steps. Are you still
0: involved with the church, or are you just participating on Sundays?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we sort of started, and it's a bit odd, sort of finishing high school and then just that's all you've ever known, ministry. Yeah. Uh, you you sort of feel like, what do I do? That's can't right. I, I
0: can't stand still. It's so like... yeah,
1: so we you know I joined the welcome team. I'd never been on the welcome team before. Nice. And uh, that was that was a thrill and uh, play the drums or the little. Cajon. We mm-hmm. uh, we meet at the Bayswater Bowls Club. So it's um it's a church plant called um it's Providence Bayswater. So Nice. Yeah, it's, it's is not, it a church of Christ? It is independent. Okay. It's an independent church, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it sits within the Providence Church's network. So
0: is that right next to the soccer club, just across that park, there? Off mm-hmm. Garra Road or not?
1: Um or Europe could yes 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 it you is are. Garrett yeah. Road yeah yeah yeah. Okay. yeah for sure yeah I was thinking of where our boys play soccer I'm like yeah oh, no well, not that show. soccer field <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah okay. it's it's right there and um yeah it's it's been great so, and Adrian goes there as well Adrian does yeah okay wonderful he was the one who got us connected on the soccer team in the first place nice so, nice yeah, yeah. so you settled in Perth you're doing your masters in education in uh, leadership. leadership
0: leadership yep at Deakin. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. And
1: uh, what's your wife doing? She is being a mum at the moment. Yeah, did she, she? When she so when I was studying, she was studying full time, and yep. she was she did a bachelor of nutrition and dietetics. Wow. At Monash Uni, so that's phenomenal. She's always had an interest in, um, I guess, healthcare, and that's why you live so well. That kind of thing. Yeah, I know. That's right. You know, we're <laughs> living the high life. That's right. Um, So, yeah, so she's, yeah, she's, as the boys, her commitment was, I'm not going to go back to work until our youngest is in school, beyond two, um, at least. Yeah. Um, so that's coming up in uh, May next year Mm -hmm. and then we'll be able to figure out, okay, what, what does that look like? It's been a bit of time since she's been in that world and nutrition and dietetics that moves fast and it's sort of... You need to... The basics are still there.
0: It's absolutely. Just, yeah. But it's like in coaching and in chaplaincy and everything, you get it if you're sharp. Within totally. Leagues. And she's it's sharp. The lingo. It's the lingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's the art of language. That's right. Knowing that's how right. to language it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. So, yeah.
0: She is, uh, I mean, from what I've seen, she's very composed but very bubbly. Yeah. She has a strong identity and uh, just thrives being around the boys, around the kids. Yeah. It's beautiful to see uh, women who love being mothers. Mm. And you and I are very blessed in that regards because Absolutely. our wives just love that motherhood. Mm. Um, it's not a chore. It's not a drag. Mm. It's a joy. It's, you know, they love... It's They're in their element. And I think yeah. that's really beautiful. And then for us, it's a, you know, <laughs> it's a joyride.
1: Totally. it's It's, I think, for Kelsey, it was hard. Like, she really well three boys four, in four years tooth and mouth to um i was the one who always wanted kids and i yeah. wanted like six kids yeah oh uh, well, you got actually, half. actually wanted more but, <laughs> but she only wanted two and so we sort of tried to meet in the middle with four but after the second one i think three's fantastic but she was she was much more the go-getter, professional... I was like, I'm happy to be the, you know, the house husband. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. And and she... When she was thrust into motherhood, she was like, I can't do this. And after the first one, that was hard. I think she found a groove with the second one and she really repurposed and re-understood really her calling as a mum for the yeah. season. Um, and she just grabbed it with both hands and like well I've only met her you yeah. know obviously
0: with three kids and just thriving and enjoying every moment with them and it's, it's beautiful to see
1: yeah it is she's she's an excellent mum yeah
0: and to see them all three there at soccer just kicking the ball around on the Saturday morning that's it oh it's delightful it's delightful mate what's next for you so you're finishing your uh, degree I mean what what would you like to do I mean, mm. there's so many options. Yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. What, you, what What's on your heart?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've I've probably since I started ministry had this pretty deep burning desire to plant a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's been a big thing. Um, I guess as I went through Bible college and as I was being as I've worked in different ministry context, the shape of this idea of church and the way that I would do it is uh, becoming clearer and clearer of, of how and why and what it would look like. And so I think I'm sort of at the point where I've got a, a quite clear picture of what I believe God wants me to do, like the unique shape in which the church, mm. um, he's calling me to start. Looks like yeah, um, but the big question is who. I think that's that's the biggest thing where I with whom yeah. So it's it's just um, connecting and you meeting the right people. Um, mm. I think a church an organization is only as good as its people leaders. and its leaders, and and so I think the the real key is to to not just I'm not the standalone kind of yeah um lone, lone ranger lone wolf pastor type yeah. I, I do find a lot of joy in um team based yeah. leadership and, and so I, the fivefold would resonate with you I, th- I thrive in that so yeah so that's that's what I would be yeah be keen to pursue wow um, imagine doing actually a first
0: you know first century kind of church in a modern sense, but, you know, having the apostles teaching and prayer, breaking of bread and fellowship, focusing on discipleship, yeah. you know what I mean? And just, you know, focusing on the fivefold, having the
1: equipping ministries mm. and just seeing what if it does work? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That'd be a shock. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. 100% agree. And I think that's, I think, the, one of the first messages I spoke at another church was, yeah, around the early church and the Acts, that passage where uh, it was the blueprint for revival. yeah And that's sort of the theme that they wanted to, me to speak on was revival and it was just the the engine bay of the church where it's just, you know, Bible, like apostles teaching, evangelism, prayer, worship, you know, they're just all in awe. You know, that sort of, yeah that picture and, and it's always so exciting just to reflect back on this idea of church is not complicated i don't mm-hmm. think um, we can sometimes get bogged down in traditions and rituals and things like that and traditions and rituals are critically important but they're they're not the master they're the, no, they're the means yeah to get so i somewhere. think yeah so i think it's it's really exciting when i i know some people are really called cool to mm-hmm. be church revitalists where yeah. they you know revive the yeah. church um, and they do a good job and they've got patience and and I'm happy to admit that I'm weak in that area yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not an overly patient person and I know God is growing me in patience and it is yeah you know fruit of spirit yeah um, but I yeah I, I do see my unique ability or calling or just the way that I'm wired is I I hunger for a fresh light, yeah, a
0: clean, yeah, a clean thing. Your so. season. Have you read the Pagan Church by uh, Barna? I haven't. I would like to. I uh, haven't. I'll I'll make sure you get a copy. Yeah. Have you heard this? The, have you read this book? Nineteen COVID Lessons? I've
1: got. I've got it. I've, <laughs> I've got it downloaded. I've it, got an
0: e copy. It will mess you up.
1: Yeah. Okay. What, so very good.
0: Okay, um, it's interesting. You said. You said something very important. I held a number of masterclasses on Emotional Intelligence in a business um, conference. It's called Business Days. Four or five hundred leaders come to these conferences and I had the opportunity to speak on various topics and on various panels. And one of the panels that I was with, uh, I was with a number of leaders and uh, one of the guys who sold two businesses, one he sold to Nestle He made waffles and biscuits, and he sold to Nestle in Europe. And the other one he sold, again, something very similar, but again to Kraft. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they said, what is the most important question that you ask yourself when you start a business and you build it to these, you know, millions of dollars to sell? What is the most vital question that you ask yourself? And he said, well, that's easy. Everyone was curious, you know, because, I mean, this guy had the proof in the pudding. Yeah. He said, with whom? Yeah. With whom do I start this? Who am I going to build this business with? Because everything raises and falls on that, you know. If mm. people get along, most of the businesses break down because there's, you yeah. know, arguments in the leadership yeah. or the, you know, shareholders or the directors. Or, mm. And that's why with whom is so, so important. It's not necessarily the most skillful person, mm. but if there's the chemistry to push through no matter what and yep. to have the common vision. You don't have to agree all the time. In fact, a bit of tension is healthy, mm. but at least, you know, even if I don't agree with you, once we made the decision, that's it. Our commitment is full, mm. you know. Yep. I'll argue with you until the decision, but if we reach a decision, and if the, even that decision is not my decision, I will push with you once that mm. we make the decision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard to find such people mm. because most people will either work against you or they will not do anything or, mm. you know, manipulate you or, you know, stab you in the back or betray yeah. you. So with whom is important? Yeah. Looks like you understood that.
1: Well, wow. <laughs> I guess it's the missing piece of the puzzle. So yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, absolutely. I, There's been a lot of times where I've had those very experiences where, you know, you've, you have had great ideas of yeah. of a future with someone, um, and you know sometimes they just don't work out the way that's right. You initially thought, so it makes you a little more hesitant to who's who's you know. I'm naturally a trusting person, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes I'm you I, get hurt. I don't critique enough. <laughs> that's why you have your wife. Yeah, exactly. They That's have they exactly have right. more <laughs> a lot more wisdom and gut feeling and you know
0: intuition intuition yeah what would you like your kids
1: to remember you as absolutely I would like them to remember me as a worshipper as, um, as someone who My is... that who worships is yeah is is wholeheartedly worshiping God I think. Uh, John Piper talks about this, that, you know, mission only exists because worship doesn't. <laughs> and, um, and I think that for me is really significant. Like I want, I want my boys, uh, our children, image or, or mirror who we are, yeah. and, I, and I want them to be people who are faithful and worshiping. And I think ultimately in heaven, that's what we're going to be doing. Mm. And obviously worship isn't a song. Um, but it's a an all of life and a posture, and I think I just want them to see the heart and the why behind what I do. Yeah, and I'll, and the essence, the values, yeah, the identity. And, and I've said this to a number of people, like a number of friends. I said I I couldn't care if I was a um, average. I wouldn't care if I was an average pastor or leader. Yeah, um, but a fantastic dad. Like I like I I want them to see that um as a father and as a loving heavenly father, yeah, uh, our God delights in his children and we respond in that awe and that worship and I think um, I've failed big time on this earth. I think if I have a thriving ministry and my kids fail. Don't 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 know me. Yeah, yeah. don't know me, don't see me, don't love me, don't wanna be with me, in my presence, and ultimately in God's presence, I think, yeah, that that would be heartbreaking for me.
0: Well, that's not going to happen because I think God has instilled these values in you and they are, you know, they are a priority in you and you pursue them every day and everything, every seed that you plant today will bear fruit in your children and your children's children. You're a young man, you're going to see probably three, four generations ahead. Hopefully. I mean look, by the time you and I are old we'll probably live past a hundred. Yeah. COVID COVID is gone already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much, Tim, for joining me here at King of Stories and just sharing your story, mate.
1: I've really enjoyed it and I I really appreciate it. It's been very encouraging and uh I'm gonna have to get you on my podcast, you know that, right? <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, yeah, buy one to watch the free. other hand. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd love to be there, mate. I'd love to do it, yeah great well thank you friends for uh, joining us and listening to this beautiful story of overcoming the challenges of life and uh trusting god i love tim's legacy he wants to be a fantastic father a father who really shows his sons his three sons and maybe more if the lord has more in plan for him that this father tim is a true worshiper not just a singer, not just somebody who raises up his arms, but in every essence, a worshiper who loves God is fully immersed in that relationship with God. God is his Father, and out of that identity, he fathers them and loves them. Now I pray that this inspires you, if you're a dad or a young man, to become one of those fathers who just immerses himself in who God is and you know, allow that love of God to permeate you and through you to those that need your love as well. And if you're a woman or a wife or a mother, just encourage your husband to become the very best he can be, just as Tim's wife helped him get to where he is today. I pray that this content blesses you, and I value it when you share it, subscribe, and just tell others about it. And if you have any suggestions on someone to appear here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, just get in touch with us. You will find us on all the channels that you are consuming this content. We look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, become excellent fathers. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing including yours.